edtech sector is going through an incredible phase right now with many promising startups exploring several market opportunities and raising multiple rounds of capital from investors it is estimated that edtech is expected to give a dozen unicorns in the next 5 to 7 years given the huge market potential and possibility of robust business models while this is great news for the sector what is not as much highlighted in this edtech frenzy is the poor quality of learning that majority of our k12 learners go through which is quite foundational for their future careers in a way it's quite ironic that despite this edtech boom 50% of our grade 5 learners aren't able to do grade 2 math a statistic from several reputed learning surveys that has not changed for the last 15 years so how do we reconcile between these two contrasting worlds can the edtech startups which is creating world class content sticky engagement methodologies and enabling and empowering all the stakeholders in this value chain also help the so- also help solve the problem of bharat which represents this vast 200 million learners hello and welcome to taking the leap a unique podcast by social alpha where we showcase passionate entrepreneurs who are on a mission to drive economic growth social justice and climate action through the power of market creating innovations and i am your host shrikant so today i have the perfect set of guests to deliberate on some of these questions and we have mr ramamurthy and ms gauri the co-founders from learning matters with us today murthy as we know him and gauri along with saras uh, met during their time at pearson education at pearson they realized that the products and related business models of existing education based organizations weren't catering to the majority of k12 which is kindergarten to 12th grade schools and also teachers and students um, across our country they sensed this as a market opportunity like any other entrepreneur right and they believed that innovating the right set of products that could be made affordable to majority of india's public and private schools and especially to those in tier 2 and tier 3 could play a transforming role in our education landscape with this aim and a set of complementary skills that they had between them murthy gauri and saras quit their comfortable and high paying jobs at pearson and founded learning matters in 2016 they have a mission to transform the way bharat learns and more so in a post covid world than ever before so with that introduction let me welcome murthy the chief executive officer and gauri the chief operating officer from learning matters to this podcast welcome to both of you thank you shrikant very happy to be part of this so murthy and gauri we have a lot of questions lined up for our listeners to draw inspiration from your journey as well as know about your future plans but before that shall we begin with a quick introduction about learning matters for our audience so murthy would you like to give a brief you know two to three minutes introduction about learning matters thank you shikan thank you for the opportunity to be part of this podcast um as way of introduction i wanted to bring up a few points which will give the listeners a good uh, view of uh, how we started why we started uh, like you said in your introductory remarks uh, we all know that we have been seeing a consistent slide in the in the, in the quality of education in india <clears throat> in the last 20 years especially uh, like uh, many of the reports the uh, publicly available reports pointing out the sliding quality of education and the government not being able to do uh, so much i mean i am not saying the government is not spending efforts in that direction but then the efforts are not really uh, bringing out the the effect what we wanted to see and in this context we have seen that many edtech companies in the last 20 years especially uh, that have come up with a good intention of improving the quality of education and we uh, the, the three co-founders gauri saras and i have also been part of this ecosystem for the last many years uh, and uh, what we found is that the efforts are all uh, sincere but then where it is failing is that um, one is that the there is a very very large geography and there is a very large population that we have to address and the solution has to uh, has to be tuned towards that uh, many of the edtech companies that are working in this 
are not really doing that in that direction we can talk a lot about that when we during the during the discussion today so this is one thing that uh, that was a fundamental uh, point that uh, the three of us discussed gauri saras and i discussed multiple times and uh, we think we believe and we have proved in the last 2 3 years time frame that we have a good solution for this so this is one of the largest problems that we need to address immediately and as soon as possible and if this is not addressed we are really sitting on a time bomb and in the the, the effect of this the the negative effect of this will be seen in the next 10 15 years time by india no very true very true and and what are some of the products that and of course we'll talk about your products in much more detail but do you want to uh, introduce some of the products that you have built uh, to to cater to this grave problem yeah sure so um see one of the uh, basic principles is that like i said the population is really huge and the geography is really vast so the solution has to have two elements in it 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 must address the problem with a technology solution and it must address the problem with a human element attached to that without these two what we have found from our experience is that the solution fails like you may have a fantastic technology product with absolute highest quality for example 3d content and you put it in the school i can give it to you in writing that it will not be used without the human element of uh, providing support and encouragement and motivation to teachers it will fail so the uh, combination of two factors technology and the human element these are highly critical for any products in education especially in india to succeed so from that point of view uh, we will talk a lot about the uh, tara program which we have launched last year uh, where uh, we use uh, voice technology uh, and a lot of artificial intelligence built behind the scene uh, to improve the quality of education in a very very natural way where humans can understand uh, speech and uh, interact with the devices in a normal natural uh, manner sure and and yeah we'll definitely talk it thanks for that quick teaser um great so now that we know uh, uh, we have a fair idea about learning matters and what it does uh, let, let's hear more about you murti and gauri and and you know saras and the people behind it um, I, i did mention briefly about how the co-founders came together while working at pearson but maybe if it would be good if each of you could give our listeners a, a, a brief summary of your backgrounds leading up to uh the the inception of learning matters and more importantly why did you decide to work on education you know which is grappled with so many you know stakeholders and so many challenges right uh, so yeah would you like to take that yeah sure so i will uh, introduce myself first and then i will let gauri talk about uh, herself and uh, uh, saras uh, i come from a technology background um, i did my engineering from uh, college of engineering trivandrum and uh, like any other engineer in the 90s i went into software field technology field for about 15 years uh, i was in uh, hardcore technology field in india and us and um, my passion was always in teaching uh, especially teaching uh, though uh, i am not doing so much of teaching these days but then uh, i want to uh, um, be closer to teaching and education so that's how i made a conscious shift from uh, software technology to education technology and uh, then i joined pearson education and the technology education team for close to 10 years and um, that's when the three of us gauri saras and i met uh, in pearson and um, we discussed a lot on what do we want to do and uh, we decided um, not it's not a one fine day uh, thing but then we decided we will uh, we will quit and then start something on our own that's how we came together and started learning matters so that's so much for uh, the background of my uh, education and professional background now over to you gauri for you introducing me thanks muthi um, so i've done my masters in uh, information technology i come from an education and training background myself having worked in um, in the classroom i've i've been teaching um, technology subje- subjects in my career and then moved on to manage a lot of education businesses um and uh, i i should think um, education has been my passion um, throughout i i don't think i ever thought or dreamt of being in any other uh, 
uh, domain any other industry apart from education so uh, that's uh, i i don't know why uh, we didn't think of anything else i think it's just a passion that we have uh, share for education uh, saras um, saras and i happen to be classmates from school so we know each other from grade 9 and uh, saras uh, after completing her graduation here in india she moved to us to do her masters from purdue and uh, she has a double masters she has one in uh, child development and uh, family studies and the other one in special education um so all the more reason why she would want to stay in the education domain i mean uh, she is the hardcore educationist in our in our team if i can say that um and um, it, it's it's uh, i think it's a choice that we made consciously and we are absolutely happy with this choice that we've made wonderful great to know of your personal journeys and and i'm tempted to actually ask a quick follow up to this right given that you 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 did work with each other uh, uh, for quite a number of years uh, before you started learning matters journey uh, so i mean because we we get uh, a lot of different startup founders come into our ecosystem right so i'm i'm curious to know uh, you know given that you had a professional relationship in the past you know did it in any way make your life easier as founders you know would you touch upon the pros and cons of uh, you know working together before um, and and that kind of influenced your uh, early startup journey sure i'll take that uh, shrikant um yes uh, having worked together before uh, was definitely um, a big advantage we we definitely see that as a big advantage and in our case um, two of us have also grown up together so that's uh, an another added advantage uh, i say advantage because uh, having worked in a different setup and and knowing each other for a long time allows you to understand each other's uh, strengths um where do, where do we think uh, you know uh, our forte lies you know that's something that's very very easy to recognize and and accept and uh, this has helped us also very easily carve out roles for ourselves in learning matters we really didn't have to um, you know brainstorm too much on who's going to do what uh, it, it it kind of uh, felt fell in uh, very nicely into the whole uh, puzzle so i would say um, uh, having worked together earlier knowing each other earlier definitely is an advantage uh, what are the cons um, i'm not very sure if there's anything that's disadvantages here um, and i don't think so i mean it 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 actually becomes an advantage so if i i can possibly take somebody for granted i mean i know that um, you know we we have our backs to each other in that sense you know so that's um, that's a very uh, comforting factor if i can call it that especially in the entrepreneurship uh, world uh, where uh, you working possibly 36 hours a day if if there's something like that yeah and uh, you need you need each other to support you right and and knowing knowing each other's families knowing our our personal uh, life and and all of that it it really helps us uh, lean on to each other a lot so that's that's okay. how i look at it yeah it sounds great yeah. yeah looks like the ideal way to start up um, <laughs> great so let's begin your journey at learning matters right so do do tell us about your early days right uh, you obviously did a bunch of things and i i, I do remember murti talking that you know uh, you also had some consulting work of course you know as entrepreneurs you have to keep your cash flow going and you also did some i think uh, experiments with the uh, higher education and before zeroing in on you know school education as as your area of work right so talk us through that journey and i'm sure uh, it also would have uh, you would have had a lot of chaos associated uh, with that early stage startup right i mean bootstrapping angel funding hiring the right team without you know maybe possibly paying them well early on and building the team building the culture more importantly right so so how were these early days how did you navigate through them uh, with a lot of patience if i can say that in one right. line it's a lot of yeah. patience um and i will i will borrow what murti uh, you, uh, always says it's about um at every stage it's about convincing people right it, it's a, mm -hmm. it's about convincing um i mean from the time we started convincing our family members to say yes this is possible uh, and then um, convincing our own selves the three of us saying that okay this is how we will be able to go through uh, or get to this this is the kind of product that we want to create and all of that and then uh, convincing our customers the first customers to buy uh, to 
subscribe to our product and even convincing people to join us in this journey and as you rightly said when you're bootstrapped you really don't have all the uh, luxury of cash to pay people so you need people who are more uh, who are uh, tightly signed up for the purpose for the for this vision rather than the money that that can bring in you know we need people we needed people who would be very very patient from that point of view we've been very lucky um, to get that um, i i would uh, the initial stages we did a lot of uh, validation uh, meetings so for example we we conducted um, in our own homes we invited a lot of um, Uh, school leaders uh, principals teachers even students and parents uh, and try to understand what is the pain point that they are facing in the education system today uh, and we did this not just in bangalore i mean we did not uh, restrict it only to the bangalore uh, population we picked up the phone spoke to a lot of people who we knew in the tier 2 tier 3 cities and um, towns and villages and that's how we zeroed in on what is it that we want to do first and um, and uh, the digital content platform uh, was what we started off first and uh, from then on uh, we uh, as murthy also explained before uh, just dropping a technical or, or a technology product in a school is not going to really help uh, change anything so we need we knew that we had to support these teachers continuously and that's how we came up with our teacher training program which is a star teacher program uh, we started hand holding teachers throughout the journey of uh bringing in uh you know a very very experiential learning in the school most of these teachers did not know what to do with it you give them a video platform they did not know what to do with it to make the teaching learning process very engaging so we started training them on not using the video platform that was very simple to do but we started training them on how to use these uh, you know uh, videos in the classroom we started giving them um, a lot of examples and exercises on how they can bring in interaction in the classroom the moment they started seeing a change in the way students responded to their teaching they were with us you know they start they started respecting what we did and then they started they wanted more they didn't they, they couldn't you know they said every we want something from you every week and that's how we started doing our teacher training program as a hand holding process throughout the year and we did this on whatsapp at that point in time when we started we started it on whatsapp so it was a lot more scalable for us of course today we have a lot more evolved platform i mean we go on to google meet we create google classrooms and we uh, invite teachers to be part of that particular classroom so it it's lot more structured but when we started off it was it was uh, it was i would say the first step that we took um and uh, when yeah. we started uh, training them using uh, to use technology uh, products we also figured out that it's not enough as as educators ourselves we know that it's not all about video and you know uh, video or uh, game gamified learning uh, using technology there has to be a equal parallel component which is non tech and uh, that's how we created our toolbox which is a activity based uh, learning component which teachers can use in the classroom to engage with the students so here the major differentiator was that this entire activity box that we created is not for the uh, student to use at home individually it was for the teacher to use in the classroom with the students to uh, promote a group a small group or a large group activity based learning which is absolutely not non existent in the market today so uh, that's how we created our toolbox and uh, from then on we you know that we created tara which is our uh, you know virtual teacher and that we did because we uh, we knew that the teachers over here needed a lot of support uh, constantly and it was impossible for us to provide a human teacher uh in the schools and uh, who will be able to support uh, the teachers in uh, as a as you know as a able teacher assistant um so we decided to use the artificial intelligence route and created a virtual teacher uh, in tara and tara is absolutely popular in schools today so we are uh, we are very thrilled i am sure our customers are thrilled as well on this Yes, I mean I I do recall uh, our visit to one of the schools in Melkote, which actually goes back to your point of focusing on non-metro and non-tier one uh, cities, and that something actually was uh, very very impressive, right? I mean we had all kinds of edtech startups focusing on selling, you know, another product to the same parent uh, in in the metro cities, you know, of of the affluent category. So uh, that was something that uh, impressed us as well uh, as the focus was uh, going into. 
cities and schools uh, which didn't did not have access to technology and i and i'm really glad the way you articulated that it actually requires a holistic you know approach and it's not just you know giving an app or just giving a solution and expecting that you know uh, the adoption will happen. and the whole the hard work that you do behind even starting those whatsapp groups and the star teacher program well which actually brings the human element of driving that behavior to use that you know the the power of uh, technology um, to to drive learning so you no know, that was wonderful to hear uh, hear you gauri one thing i want to uh, understand more is your initial days of selling right i mean uh, right from you know selling in a very institutionalized setup while you were at pearson to actually start from scratch in in some sense right uh, it was a fresh start for you at learning matters so how was day one of sales for at learning matters for you you know can you recount uh, some of the experiences you have had you know good bad interesting so yeah over to you yeah uh, day one of selling or uh, day whatever x of yeah. selling is all fun shrikant it's all i think um, uh to be very honest uh, i remember that in all my previous assignments whatever i took up before learning matters i refused to be part of the sales i remember that so very well uh, saying that i will i will not be uh, in in sales but in learning matters i i just moved into this role um i mean i mean i'm surprised at the at the ease at which i have moved into this role i think primarily because you are selling what you know or what you truly believe is going to add value so that makes a huge uh, difference um so murthy and i uh, have been uh, selling uh, primarily been the uh, sales force of learning matters from day one so uh, given all our uh, you know the way we structured ourselves so uh we would go and do a demo of all our products and and our um, you know our interventions and all of that meet people uh, one specific example that i would like to give here uh, for the benefit of all our listeners is about um, the the way in which we uh, kind of gate crash into a school called balu public school in chanpatna uh, these are areas that i have never visited before neither has murthy uh, and we uh, we went to the school um, and the point is that you will have to shed that uh you know you don't you can't be shy you can't be shy to go ahead and say look i have a product would you like to take a look at it you know you should you should be bold enough to go ahead and say that right so we we took that first plunge it was a, there's no we had nobody uh, known to us over there the school was new everything was new the language was new because we not uh, yeah we do speak kannada but then it was not to the extent at which it's spoken in in those specific uh, locations uh and uh, murthy doesn't speak kannada if i can say that so it was like a, a good uh, experience over there because the first first person who we met over there was all kannada so it was it took me a lot of time to understand how to do a demo of the product in kannada to make them understand what we are doing and all of that and um we are very proud of the fact that balu public school continues to be our customer even today so if we have been able to uh, explain to them or even show them the value that we bring to the uh, table um, i think that's great and um, we've been able to do this across schools uh, melkote for example uh, i mean nobody knew that such a small uh, you know uh, town even existed it's cute little village people probably went there for the puliyogare more than anything else uh, but then if you go to there go to that location and look at the school and see what what kind of challenges that those teachers have and then you go ahead and see what your products and interventions can can make uh, it 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 can make a huge difference to the lives of those children and that's exactly what we enjoyed uh, showing to the school authorities um, it's been it's always very very interesting to go and meet a customer understand their pain points and then provide a solution accordingly which which is there with us in all our products uh, we just able to you know uh, i would say uh, tweak the implementation based on their requirement which sure. is fantastic for us so that that's very interesting insight uh, and that uh, goes back to what murthy said about the human element right so it's not just saying okay this is a product and this is the manual use it but really understanding the context and uh, and uh, and and then you know recommend a solution uh, and not just a product right so no yes. very very interesting insight and then thanks for that uh, puliyogare remark uh, gauri uh, we we, uh, we were fortunate to stock uh, ourselves up with that puliyogare mix which which lasted for some time <laughs> Yeah. yeah thanks to subarna yes yeah okay no so i think yeah that that's an interesting um, um, uh, 
point from where let's take a step back, right? I mean, we did start talking about learning matters and I'm sure we'll come back to it and delve further into it, but let's take a step back, right? And let's look at India's education challenges, right? And I think we have given our listeners enough uh, context here to really talk about that and, you know, further deliberate on this. So let's double click on the, uh, the, the introduction of the challenges that I mentioned earlier. And, uh, you know, we as a country have a dismal learning record, like I said, you know, multiple surveys, 15 years, no changes um, that is happening in terms of quality. Uh, so while the right to education brought most of the children to the school and we have fairly done very well in the last 20 years there, we still haven't managed to get them to learn. Right. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, none of the stakeholders, as you said, it's a it's a vast challenge, Murthy. So, you know, yes, there are efforts and intent, but, you know, um, uh, but it has not resulted in the right, um, you know, uh, you know, outcomes. So. Uh, so, you know, why do you think this situation hasn't changed? You know, despite there are so many reforms, edu you know, initiatives that the government has announced, at least since 1990s, as I, as far as I can remember. And uh, how would you analyze or diagnose this massive uh, challenge that India confronts? Yeah, so uh, this is a very, uh, very uh, relevant question and very, very large question. I mean, this is what we need to resolve. We need to solve for, uh, as the this is the largest problem, right? Um, see, one factor which I think is um, critical is the speed of the policy changes. Uh, the intention is good, uh, but of course that, that should be good for the government and th there is no doubting that. But then the speed at which the policy changes are affected. For example, the, uh, the national education policy which is released in, uh, in 2020, it has been uh, uh, discussed for so many years. And the policy before that is probably a few decades old. So the speed at which the technology changes, speed at which the world is changing, if we are not able to change the, in the field of education, it is impacting negatively. So this is something that the governments must recognize, must realize. And, uh, and like always, we have been talking about the uh, annual reports that are bringing out the quality, uh, the fall in quality. So the what the government should understand and recognize is that these policy changes changes must be discussed uh, quickly enough. I'm not saying every year there must be a policy change. I'm not really suggesting that. But then it cannot be every 20 years because the technology is changing so fast. So we have to bring in these elements into uh, education. So this is something that has not happened in India, uh, whereas in other countries it is happening at a much faster pace. Um, Another factor which is very, very critical, which is central theme for education uh, is that the teacher quality. If you look at uh, um, 20 years back to 30 years back to now, the teacher and teaching quality has gone down a lot. And this is mainly because I would say there is a stagnation in the salaries of teachers. All other professions, the salaries have jumped up to a much higher level, whereas the teacher salary has stagnated. I mean, I won't say this is the case in government schools. Government school salaries are relatively comparatively better. But even that, you cannot really compare with any other uh, uh, typical professional uh, earns as a monthly salary. So this is another factor that government must consider. I'm not saying there is any uh, magic solution to this. I mean, can the government generate money to be paid to these teachers? Uh, no. So we have to find uh, imaginative solutions. But then this uh, uh, lack of salary is probably one reason why youngsters don't get into the uh, profession of teaching. I mean, this is exactly why I did not get into teaching because even though I was passionate about teaching and teachers, I did not get into, get into it in 90s because the exactly this reason so we have to change it um, so so the salaries is directly correlating to quality in one sense but then that uh, uh, saying that we cannot really rest we have to see how we can bring up the quality of teachers which is exactly one of the biggest things that is being discussed in nep today nep 2020 today uh, we have to bring up the quality of teachers and that is the only and one and only sure shot way of improving the quality of education. We can do a lot of uh, uh, personalized training and everything to the students, but ultimately you impact one teacher, you impact 200 students. 
So the multiplier effect is so vast. So we have a crore teacher, one crore teachers for a 30 crore children in India. So you, you impact this one crore teachers or as many as possible. Then you impact so many more children. So this is a problem that we must resolve. And teacher quality and teaching quality is something that we at Learning Matters focus on so much rather than anything else, because we believe solving this problem solves the problem long term. The other factor which I, I spoke about in the beginning is that use of technology is something that has happened really, really fast in all other sectors. You take banking, you take transportation, logistics, food delivery, every, you take any other sector everywhere technology has grown, has become a critical, crucial factor. Whereas in education, it is a second, third priority is given to technology. This must change. And I am very hopeful uh, the COVID has brought about a lot of changes in the mindset of the administrators in the sense that uh, compared to last year when we go to schools, we say uh, we have a program which is a combination of online and offline delivery. People used to find it a slightly difficult to accept. But now, because of COVID, people of uh, the school administrators and teachers have naturally started accepting technology as a factor. But technology should not stop with video conference sessions. It has to go much beyond that. That is the only way we can solve this, uh, the, the huge problem of the quality, the lack of quality in education in India. So wonderful. And, and you did touch upon uh, several uh, aspects uh, and, and we'll, we'll definitely uh, go into it. But definitely, I think the teacher centricity uh, in your approach and and the whole example you gave is you if you actually empower the one crore teachers you know our 30 crore learners will actually be you know be at a better place so no and this actually aligns very well with our, our you know thought process and thesis at social alpha as well uh, with regard to you know improving uh, uh, the enabling and empowering the teachers to eventually and not not really circumventing them you know which which obviously some of the you know, solutions also look to do um, and and you did touch upon your you know star teacher program and maybe i'll, I'll not delve further into it but uh, i think uh, uh, you know that, that that is definitely something uh, that is that is needed because they are the real change agents so to say in this in the sector right um, and and yeah you did talk about uh, some of the you know aspects about the new education policy and like you said you know it took a few decades to actually come through uh, but but if if you were uh, wearing the hat of a policy maker you know uh, uh, and and would love to really know, you know what are some of the two three key points about this new education policy that um, that has appealed to you and you believe that you know uh, uh, solutions like yours could actually play a very important role in in this uh, post nep uh, you know implementation scenario okay so um on the uh, i would say on the first let's touch on the uh, touch upon the national education policy uh, itself mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. uh, one big thing one big change or uh, most important factor that i see is the kind of emphasis that the nep is laying on the teacher education and teacher quality itself so which is very close to our heart just as you mentioned teachers are change agents so we definitely need to formalize uh, teacher education uh, and and uh, teacher quality building itself and the fact that nep lays a lot of importance on that front uh, is is fantastic and especially for startups like ours or organizations like ours which are uh, into building teacher quality and teacher competency this is uh, uh, this is really good uh, I would also go ahead and say that another particular uh, aspect of the NEP, which has, um, which is really, um, I would say, impressed me, is the inclusion of early childhood education in the Ministry of uh, Education and not under Women and Child uh, Welfare or Health, right? Uh, because it's it's extremely important uh, that the early years of the of the uh, child are are structured in the in what they are learning. Uh, so I, I'm sure Saras would be able to give a lot more insights into this, but uh, you know I'm going to borrow a few of uh, her thoughts here and and uh, share it with you. Uh, when when you're trying to teach children at a very very young age, including how to hold objects, how to how to even uh, you know everything from from their ability to hold a pen or a pencil and and write something, all of that makes a big difference as they move on. And when you when you 
uh, add the Indian language importance that the NEP is bringing in, uh, in especially in the early childhood uh, space, what happens is that you start teaching concepts to children in a language that they are familiar with. So they start, tend to understand the concepts better and they start liking the aspect of coming to school and learning something. If you just uh, compare this with, with another situation where they are learning something in a language that they don't understand, they don't know what it means. They're just coming and singing something and getting back home. How interesting is that? That's not going to help mm. them come back to school for something more. So uh, including the uh, Indian languages and including early childhood education in the Ministry of Education itself is, I think, a very, very big um, change. It's a very positive change. And this is going to help uh, us realize our vision of bringing quality education uh, to the masses uh, this is these are my points um sure. murti would you like to add anything here yes yeah, so in, uh, um, in my opinion the uh, bringing in the indian indian languages angle to the whole education system is uh, something that is uh, going to be proving long term uh, very useful and effective because coming from a very similar background myself i can tell you that uh, starting to learn in your own mother tongue helps a great deal. And I have read a lot of articles in terms of, uh, from a neuroscience point of view, learning more languages is only going to help you uh, evolve better. So uh, being a one language person versus being a multi-language person is only going to help uh, all of us. And uh, uh, from, a, from a cultural point of view, um, uh, learning one's own language uh, connects us back to our uh, the past and it uh, obviously helps a great deal in future that's my sure. personal sure. opinion um, sure. yeah sure and so yeah and as you summarize it so i think yeah multilingual approach is something i think you you both uh, i mean seem to have picked up as one of the key uh, elements from the NEP, and of course, you also talked about the you know the whole teacher-centric approach. Uh, the policy also is giving a lot of flexibility to the teachers to decide on the pedagogy and the learning uh, you know approaches, and that's very heartening because we need to empower them and not just prescribe everything. And finally, uh, a, a lot of paragraphs, at least on technology, it's a red and use of technology. Uh, mm. So it was heartening for me to see that. And I hope you know that will actually make uh, uh, solutions like learning matters very, very relevant in the you know coming days and years um, as we look to transform education. No, we know very interesting, and thank you for those insights. So let, let's now come back, you know, from the big picture back to learning matters, right? And talk about uh, your journey since your early days. Uh, so we we did talk about your you know the chaos or you know the the kind of uh, not really chaos. I would say it was seemed like a perfect story in your case. Uh, but let's talk about raising investments. You know, that's a kind of a you know, sticky topic, especially for social enterprises uh, that that I see. And uh, you know, let's come back to uh, you know after those years of bootstrapping, and uh, you also well, you know, you found some money with your own ecosystem of family and friends, so that that was a good start, you know, in that sense. Uh, but then you eventually did decide to raise money from traditional investors or institutional investors. And so how was that experience for you? Uh, you mean experience on on raising investments? Itself. Yes, yes. Would love, would love to yeah. hear uh, the startup perspective on on uh, the the struggle or you know the the ease at which you raise money. Uh, the first point here is to um, the, for the three of us to be convinced about when do we want to raise money. So that was the big that was a big question that we answered for ourselves. Uh, because as you rightly said, for a social enterprise like ours, uh, it was very important to find investors who would be aligned to the philosophy that we, we've started the organization with. Uh, while there is a lot of business sense, the, we needed investors who, who will have that patience to, to be with us and to, to, see, the, uh, to see that you know, huge uh, money bags at some point in, later point in time uh, and be patient uh, uh, with that. Uh, so that was a big, um, I would say, a big decision that the three of us uh, took together. Yeah, yes, the the friends, uh, their friends and family members, those uh, few rich uncles who we had, and you know, friends, uh, they came in early on and uh, they helped us uh, scale a little bit, and then uh, and then came Social Alpha. So 
thank you so much uh, for uh, trusting in us and and being part of this journey uh, i think uh, we've had uh, many discussions where we know that we align the principles align uh, with each other and that's very very important i think that was one big factor that uh, murti uh, saras and i have always tried to look at in our in our investors even now even now when we speak to i think we would have spoken to more than about 150 200 investors uh in our uh, journey uh, there are some people who uh we are very sure we don't want on our cap table so you know those are those are decisions that we make it's hard it's hard because we know that they have money but then we also know that we need that freedom to be able to operate in in whatever we doing so these are decisions that you you have to take sure. tough decisions yes and that, that that's very interesting to hear uh, so right. you know as much as you know yeah it, it also works the other way is what i'm hearing that of course and and that this goes to actually one of the discussions i had with murthy was it's not just not just about product market fit but it's also about investor startup fit right and uh, yeah. i think yeah in a way you kind of uh, uh, mentioned that uh, in your statement uh, gauri yeah. yeah great uh no that, that was very interesting to hear and and uh, just in the whole context of funding while investment definitely is needed uh, to you know grow the startup hire the right team build products uh again something that is challenging and peculiar especially in you know, public goods like education and health is implementation right uh, i mean you, you on on day one uh, or you need, even in your initial years you won't even qualify for you know spending the government's money or you know taking government's money in some sense and you obviously have to look at other ways to kind of get your you know thing going because of course uh, not in not all cases the users are the customers so to say right uh, mm-hmm. so of course you have used uh, several you know philanthropic sources and one emerging uh, aspect that's coming is the corporate social responsibility and uh, even uh, the increased spends that are happening over the last few years since the act was uh, passed you know uh, education has been the favorite uh, sector for all our corporates to spend right uh, so so and of course as a uh, emerging edtech startup you can't ignore that so uh, how has your experience been with the you know corporate social responsibility uh, are they even open to you know uh, exploring ideas like yours with a you know with let's say a company uh, and not a typical ngo so how has your you know experience been with the working with corporate uh, with, with with regard to csr okay so um i i'm going to divide this question into two parts uh, shrikant so uh, i will talk to you about the experience that we've had so far and i would uh, urge murthy to talk about what is it that we can do better uh, so then we have both sure. perspectives um sure. so one is um with csr we we've got a, a good response in few of them where we are into large projects now and uh, the there are few csrs who are absolutely open to us doing these uh, pro- interventions or you know implementing our solutions in schools not just government schools but also in the private affordable schools um, so that is one very good thing about uh, the projects that we are already working on and uh, there is another uh, aspect to csr where it is more um, individual philanthropists as well who uh, who are from a specific town a small town or a village uh, and who group together and there are people of like five or six people together who who form a very informal uh, you know uh, cohort and then they decide to spend for their school and uh, these kinds of initiatives have been very welcome for us uh, because this is this is what will help the schools in in these uh, locations to use solutions like ours and they are all very deserving schools so from that point of view we have been able to tap the csr uh, the both the formal and the informal uh, csr uh, associations very well um and uh, i'm going to ask murthy to talk a few things about what can be done better i'm sure he has more than two points yes yeah, sure. uh, see um we said our experience with uh, some of the csrs has been very very uh, uh, good very warm like for example we won a grant from capgemini uh, iim bangalore nsr cell which is a fairly large amount of money and fairly long time like it's a three year period time frame so similarly we are working with tata technologies pune Uh, similarly we are working with tata trust company called sini in jharkhand so these are all uh, very welcome things that are happening in the field of education by these csr groups similarly there are multiple like gauri said multiple individual smaller groups that are working which are making extremely good positive changes in this small in a small way in those two schools or five schools whatever be it 
so these are very welcome uh, and we will continue to be working with these groups but in terms of uh, the larger the number of csr organizations that are out there in india and the uh, the number of successes that we have had uh, that uh, i would think it could have been better because the number of attempts that we do and uh, where we have succeeded could be better um a few things here which i would uh, like to bring to the notice of the csr organizations uh, people running the csr organizations to take note uh, one is that these people these organizations should view education where uh, you teach something to a set of uh, learners uh, as important as improving or developing the infrastructure i do not mean to say building a, a toilet is less important than giving education i am only saying giving the same importance to educating teaching somebody uh, to learn to do math or english i as equally important as building uh, the infrastructure in schools so there are many csr organizations where we have come across where they say they will spend on tangible uh, output like a, a computer giving a computer or building a building kind of a thing versus uh, not doing it for education so i want this approach this uh, this approach to change from the csr organizations and the heads of the csr organizations sure. um the other uh, equally important which uh, we find uh, sometimes irritating is that the legal structure of the company uh, uh, we are asked questions uh, like uh, are you a for profit company or are you a not for profit company in my mind it does not matter uh, as long as we are not greedy in terms of profits and as long as we are delivering a quality uh, outcome for an affordable price this sure. must not come in the way of csr organizations thinking of us as a for profit company and uh, bracketing us as a greedy company uh, out there to make a lot of profit that is not the case at all so we are a social enterprise and uh, you, these companies should consider everyone uh, to be providing services and look at the what is the price that we are charging or any company is charging and what is the outcome that we are able to generate it does not matter whether it's a for profit company or not for profit company sure. so this is the second second point that i want to bring up to the notice of the uh, csr heads and csr organizations sure. uh, a third thing uh, which is kind of double edged uh, um, but then i would say like as a startup people should look at the results i uh, should not look at are you one year old in the system or 10 year old in the system i mean of course um, uh, you know where i'm going to in terms of why it is double edged uh, see when we are 10 year old system of course there'll be a lot of experience behind us and that is going to definitely help but then that it should not come in the way of a one year old because ultimately these one year olds are going to become 10 year old so it, these should not become a parameter what should become the parameter is that what is the effect i mean there are uh, there are tens of customers hundreds of customers who are out there who can vouch for us look at that and then give that value rather than saying you should be in the system for 5 years uh, that hurts uh, very very negatively so these are the two three sure. things i would uh, uh, like all the csrs to look at uh, positively uh, to our advantage sure no i think it makes sense and yeah i think the bottom line is talk about value the value that you are bringing in than the structure or the pedigree itself right mm -hmm. and uh, yeah that that's very interesting and yeah i hope uh, you know we have people uh, listening and uh, you know tweaking the way uh, these things work and you know thank you for that and uh, uh, and i also like to now talk about again a very very relevant topic right uh, the topic of covid and the whole pandemic and things that have unfolded uh, since that you know and and uh, interestingly in your case as i was telling you that uh, as soon as the as soon as you raised your investment round you know in a way covid hit right um, so so yeah i would love to know you know what was the impact of covid on your business model given that you are primarily you know selling to schools and uh, schools were the first set of you know entities that got shut because of the lockdown and uh, continue to remain shut or you know partially open right now so talk us through some of the tactical and strategic decisions you took you know during covid Uh, and do do you think that has actually made you more resilient and relevant now um yes so uh, the ultimate answer is yes <laughs> the um, 
one good thing I, i would say i mean sounds a little cynical but then one good thing is that uh, covid uh, affected everybody the entire world so it is not just one segment of the population or just one segment of the organizations but it's it's something that the whole world is grappling with so we are all trying to find solutions to make this back to go back to normalcy whatever is a new normalcy uh, the uh, certain things that we did um, uh, i would say um, changes if i can call that uh, call it that so we uh, created a, a, a new product line called uh, the pepinars which is essentially uh, teacher training programs using the webinar mode uh, and these these are all professional uh, development programs that we created for teachers uh, what we did was we um, kind of rejigged the star teacher program completely into a online version so it was a it was another offshoot of that uh, product itself and it went very well it became a big hit among teachers because they were now able to spend that kind of time that they have at home schools are shut they didn't have anything else to do so they were all at home they invested that time they took this opportunity to start uh, you know getting themselves uh, equipped with better skills and uh, we chose the topics uh, such as how uh, you know how do you provide education online so that was a big thing that teachers wanted to understand from uh, how do you switch on your computer to how do you use a google meet to how do you use how do you manage students in a classroom and all of that so these kinds of topics were very popular and the fact that we've already done this so many times earlier it just made it very easy for us to uh, get that product up and running and uh, these products became our own marketing tool so it kind of became a paid marketing tool teachers who attended these webinars uh, started recommending us to their management so there we had people uh, all the way from uh, uh, kadma which is i think uh, somewhere near jamshedpur um, they they have spoken to us about implementing tara in their school as soon as school reopens yes but i would i would not think that we would have been able to do this on normal ground right i mean we wouldn't have found a sales guy traveling all the way to jamshedpur for this so this became a fantastic opportunity for us to spread the word around about what we are doing uh, so covid really helped us in that sense uh, another big thing that contributed uh, or is still contributing to uh, a lot of changes the fact that schools have gone online uh, including a school in the remotest of villages the government schools everybody is trying to go online now uh, most of them have try have if not anything they have formed whatsapp communities and started sending lesson plans online so now they have this um uh, they don't they no longer feel internet is bad right so they are all open to using internet yeah. in the classroom teachers are open to uh, uh, gone are the days when teachers were asked to leave their mobile phones uh, at home and come to school now every teacher yeah. needs their mobile smartphone they need something so it's it's kind of becoming easier on on us uh, to to kind of uh, increase adoption in of our tech products in schools Uh, so i think uh, it's a great opportunity the pandemic uh, uh, crisis has given us an opportunity and i think we are making of it sure so 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 while there has been a lockdown it looks like your market is uh, much more closer now given yes. given that you know yes, schools have come true. online it's very correct. interesting to hear and then let's take it from the pandemic itself right because this seems to be the new normal and you know even after the lockdown opens up you know some of these behaviors will continue so let's talk about learning matters future right mm -hmm. and uh, you know you 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 obviously came up with tara which is your latest product in your you know quartet of solutions which is a voice enabled ai based assistant so you know how do you intend to use tara and even broadly you know how, how does future look for um, you as you look to you know uh, go at a particular scale so um tara is something that um, is very close to our heart um the the kind of potential technology has uh, today is is immense it's a very it's a growing uh, technology growing space and the amount of voice that has been voice tech has been used in education is very uh, it's still nascent and um, we are very happy to be one of the uh, first movers in this space uh, creating a virtual voice teacher which can teach uh, english it can also teach science and social studies in this in the classrooms and support teachers and uh, and look at how we can improve the learning outcomes of students so uh, we are creating a lot of adaptive learning with uh, um, with ai uh, in in tara and we are also looking at how we can use uh, tara effectively for the early childhood education so um, there's a there's a lot of work that's happening uh, and uh, 
currently we are we are delivering all of this using the amazon ecosystem but the way we've built this is also to see how we can expand to other voice services at some point in time a later point in time uh, so uh, given all of this um, for us our dream would be to ensure that uh, you know uh, this is this kind of a solution is there for the entire indian market so we are looking at about at least uh, 30 crore students today in in india and uh, we would definitely want to be a solution provider in every single school um, in india first and then uh, expand mm-hmm. globally as well so there are many markets um, which are aspiring for uh, you know solutions like these they, they definitely need such certain solutions like these and we are very sure we'll be able to take it to those scales wonderful so so tara clearly seems to be the north star for learning matters right mm-hmm. in that sense and uh, yeah i mean that also answers the next question i had is with regard to the scale uh, uh, and it 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 seems like you know you're looking at not just india but even uh, you know global markets as you look to you know scale your uh, you know, solution so yeah. wonderful so i think uh, yeah i think uh, we're done with the you know our Uh, you know set of questions with regard to learning matters and this is now, now let's come to the last part uh, which is the most interesting part and my favorite part uh, now this is like a small rapid fire round and i i, I hope you both are you know ready and geared up for that um, no this is very simple nothing you know uh, uh, nothing complex here uh, so the context so. Uh, yeah no no context basically is you know entrepreneurs are exposed to a lot of advice right i'm i'm sure you'll relate to it you know you have advice all around uh, from your relatives from your friends from your investors your customers which of course you have to you know take with a lot of seriousness but also sometimes you know even a lot of other people like i know like uh, you know even a lot of auto rickshaw drivers give me a lot of advice right uh, and many times they are unsolicited too right so so Uh, i feel you know it is an art to filter the right set of advice which perhaps would reinforce or accelerate your journey well many of them you can actually you know ignore <laughs> so uh, and it's an art to pick the right one so uh, so here are quick three questions uh, you know uh, for you uh, on the, on the kind of advice you have received in your life uh, life and uh, uh, and what did you do about it right so so yeah i mean these are questions to one or both of you uh, as you want to pick it up uh, so first one is an advice you received which you followed through and that proved to be crucial okay i'll take this up so um every investor meeting uh, shrikant has uh, has given us a lot of learning irrespective of the outcome of the uh, meeting uh, so we've been able to uh, apply a lot of those learnings in into our daily businesses itself so it's not just one advice but i would say um a collection of thoughts uh, which come from various points of view so there are people who have challenged our business models there are people who have challenged our very idea fundamental idea there are people who have challenged uh, scalability and all of that this has really helped us uh, become a lot more uh, resilient and you know move uh, forward in in our vision so i i would say all of those thanks to all those investor meetings um irrespective of whether they went uh, they chose to go with us or not or whether we chose to go with them or not uh, i think each one of those meetings have a lot in in that sense sure okay okay so broadly you know all investment meetings have been um, uh, influential in that sense and and yeah. one piece of advice maybe you willingly ignored you know uh but that could have helped you yes you can i'll do or rather this. you know which has, which you have willingly ignored and that actually helped you that ignoring yeah. that advice actually helped you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so again in the context of uh, investors meeting and investment um see one of the advice we received uh, after we got the round of investment was that wait for a little more time to scale and then go for further uh, uh, meetings with investors which we uh, ignored uh, because from our own comfort factor comfort feeling we thought uh, we should start the next round of uh, discussion for investment immediately and that proves that is proving to be crucial because one of the earliest conversations that we had in the beginning of uh, this this year is what is proving to be one of the investors who will choose to invest with us so in that sense uh, rather than waiting we went ahead full fledged uh, looking for investors and that is proving to be very crucial uh, for our next phase of growth 
So in that sense, uh, the the advice we uh, did not uh, follow that. Uh, so that proved to be helpful in that sense. Okay, nice. So another thing to do with investment. And the last one uh, is uh, you know maybe an advice you should have followed. You know, looking back. Uh, and so what would what would that be? Yeah, something that you would you could have you should have followed. Yeah. Yeah, I I think um, there were uh, the point that we should have started much earlier than what we did. Uh, I think we should have followed that. Uh, but better late than never. We started, and we are very happy to of, to have started this and uh, come this far, and and have a vision for the future as well. Um, but yes, now that it's so interesting, now I'm thinking, why did we not start earlier? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Completely. But then, yeah, I, I guess, uh, like Murthy said, you're definitely reaping the benefits of being in forties. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah. it it has advantages to stay a little older, I guess. So yes. Sure. No, wonderful. I think uh, you know that brings us to the end of the question and answers. Uh, so first of all, you know, thank you. Uh, uh, I mean, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you, Murthy and Gauri. Uh, for doing this for us, and uh, it was a pleasure to you know, know your journey, uh, how you have evolved, and what really the future looks for looks like for you. It it definitely looks to be very bright. Uh, so you know we we do hope that learning matters will play an important and a re relevant role in transforming the way India learns, and enable our young citizens to realize their true potential in life. Right, and as you say, you know because learning matters. So so thank you to both of you, and uh, have a good day. Thank you so much, Srikant. It was lovely uh, interacting with you on this forum, and thanks to you and uh, your entire team for making this happen for us. Have a lovely day too. Thank you, Srikant. It was very Thank good you. talking to you, as always. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, stay safe, everyone.